0: You're listening to DraftKings Network.
1: Football's back, and Whole Foods Market is everything you need for a delicious tailgater watch party. Level up your game day hosting with marinated chicken wings, chicken sausages, hot dogs, and more. Headed to a friend's house? On the way, grab crowd-pleasing snacks from Whole Foods Market, like late-July tortilla chips and Primal Kitchen queso dip. And don't forget the beer, very important. Just check out that local selection. Elevate game day with Whole Foods Market. Must be 21 plus, please drink responsibly.
0: I respect his commitment to the bit, but it's kind of like... Bruce Boudreaux is Taylor Swift. But and- is it a
2: bit?
3: <laughs> but it- wait, wait, wait. Don't cut her off. Her- oh, sorry,
2: sorry.
0: Why is Bruce Boudreaux Taylor Swift? Please cut. Oh, Think about it like this. Bruce Boudreaux is Taylor Swift and JT Miller is Kanye West. And Bruce Boudreaux would okay, much okay. like to be excluded from this narrative. One that he never asked to be a part of. I guess he knew what he was signing into, but not with the, the extension. So now he's like, not only does he have to coach this guy... <laughs>
2: Shana, you just Kanye'd Sarah. Yeah, I know, so but I got him. excited <laughs> when, when I heard, oh, he's like Taylor Swift. We I'm like, Taylor for Swift, fuck's sake, like, I'm not yeah, going to know a damn thing they're talking about. And I just got so excited. Like, wait, you got, I understand this. You I gotta understand the Taylor cal- Swift. pop culture moment. If you don't, I don't know what to tell you.
3: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Too Many Men podcast in 2023. My name is Allison Lucan. And as always, I am so happy to be joined by two wonderful people. The first of which is someone who back at the beginning of December was worried about people maybe not caring about her having a bad haircut. And a bunch of people on Twitter responded to Sarah Sivian. So I'm just going to read a couple samples of the things that people love about Sarah Sivian. Kelly says, you are legit one of the people who combines funny and smart in the best way ever. Marissa Inyemi says, I think you're a good friend. Marat Aits says, you make me feel seen and understood when we shoot the shit. It means a lot and speaks to your ability to connect with so many different kinds of people. Sarah Civian, how are you?
0: Please, now I'm going to start crying. A- episode one, back in, can't even collect my thoughts. I'm good, and I have Recovering With My One Brain Cell from the Winter Classic, which was amazing. Shout out to everybody. We'll get into this later, but... What a wonderfully done experience from the NHL, the TNT crew, beauties. We'll get into it.
3: Amazing. And we, of course, would not be Too Many Men without the woman who created her own fabric to match the Too Many Men podcast. The woman who, dare I spill the beans, is a brand new homeowner of her own. What an amazing accomplishment. The Athletics, Shana Goldman. Shayna, say hi.
2: Hi. And anyone watching is gonna see me w- talk with my hands and watching on video. I'm coated in paint. I am a train wreck right now. But hey, we're here with our ounce of brain cells. Like <laughs> I couldn't even think of the word.
3: <laughs> One bushel of brain cells. Oh my god, you guys! I'm now obsessed with Animal Crossing. Like you say, bushel. I'm like, oh my gosh, I can collect a bushel oh of weeds and sell them. I'm obsessed. It's being all Piper's informed. problem. I keep being
2: informed that you're playing. Like, Rich will be like, you know, Allison's still playing Animal Crossing. Because I don't play that. And he thinks he loves that you're playing it. Does he play it? Yeah, all the time.
3: I love it. I hate it. I hate that I love it. And, like, you, you, like you go every day and you get more little monies. And, like, oh, it's... Yeah, my bells, yes. Yeah. My, yes, my get mail, it's decorating my home. It's all very exciting. It's Wait, very, very do you, exciting. Do
2: you know that there's Animal Crossing shoes, by the way? Uh, Puma did a line of Animal Crossing clothes. So just just putting it out there because I did buy a friend a pair of them for Christmas. Like,
3: there's shoes. You should send them to me, the link, please. Yes, Make that I a will. note. That's our bit news. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> In all seriousness, we begin 2023. We are so happy to be back with y'all people with... Sarah Sivian's favorite segment. Sarah, what is it? Bit O News. Bit O News. Well, my friends, we got some Bit O News. It's a new year. There's some new faces, some new contracts, some new point totals on the ice. Let's start with a player who, just as we were going to record, was announced to be cleared and back on active roster. And that is now with Carolina, Max Pacioretty. This is a player who was traded for literally nothing from Vegas in the offseason due to cap issues going on with the Golden Knights. And at least in my opinion, was viewed to be someone who's gonna be a huge asset to Carolina and then tears his Achilles, but now he is back. And Carolina was already rolling before Patches came back in the fold. Sarah, with your knowledge of this Carolina Hurricanes squad, what does Max Pacioretty bring, and how important is it to have him back? What will he need to do to fit in more with his brand-new team that he hasn't been able to play with yet?
0: Yeah, it's funny. It really worked out for them that they like didn't need him until they now needed him. I, I think it's great that he could take his time and recover. And, yeah, 12-game win streak for Carolina is a franchise record. They snapped that in New York last night or the night before. I think it was last night, yeah. And Pacioretty can only bring the good vibes. I mean, he was one of the most like best signings of the off season. And it was kind of unexpected that they did that. And I think, I don't know. What do you guys think?
3: Shana, what's the, what does Max Pacioretty, I mean, we've seen him do great things at other teams that he's been on, but he does end up getting moved around um, Montreal, now Vegas, now Carolina. Who is this player for fans who maybe don't remember what he can be when he's full health?
2: He's a really good offensive player and I feel like, you know, we saw him start to trend down, but he really hit like found hit his stride again, refound his footing, whatever the best way to put that would be like with the golden knights. Like he's a good goal scorer. He's he's not gonna be like your puck carrier, but that's fine. And I think that he has a different skill set. I'm sorry as you're yelling at us. A uh, different skill set from like what a lot of the hurricanes have. And I think that's like a good weapon to have in their forward group. Like it's gonna bring a little bit more versatility.
0: I don't know, Allison, what have you seen from him? It's been a while since I watched him, admittedly, but yeah, he did, he's had the injury bug in his career. And it stunk the way that it was in the preseason with the Canes or he just, it was so unfortunate, but they got him to be basically a rental for the playoffs and here they are, so.
3: Well, and again, I think this is gonna be very interesting to watch because who was the other player involved in that? I'm gonna look it up here if no one else remembers, but. Dylan Coughlin. Thank you. for For Vegas to have to move, I mean, this is similar to, in my opinion, the Oliver Bjorkstrand trade for Seattle, where it's not just the asset, but it's also the price, right? That makes this so valuable to Carolina. And I think that's what's going to be huge because we've talked about this. Carolina is a team that we're over the hold. We're just happy to be here. And oh, look, we're a good team. Like they now have to get to a final. They now have to be competing for a cup, in my opinion. Um, that's that's where they are right now. So
0: It is funny that they really literally got him for nothing. So nobody could even be mad when he got, it was just like, okay, well...
3: Zero dollars were wasted. Exactly, exactly. exactly. Well, another player who's now, in theory, going to be around his team for a little bit longer here is someone who's had an interesting road, um, and that is Jimmy Vesey. Jimmy Vesey goes back to being drafted in 2012 by Nashville but won't play for them, Uh, ends up starting his NHL career with the Rangers. Then moves around, he goes to the Sabres, he goes to Toronto, he goes to Vancouver, he goes to New Jersey, he's back with the Rangers. And not only is he back with the Rangers, he, as of Monday, signed a two-year $800,000 extension. Shayna, take us down the Jimmy VC rabbit hole. Is this a good contract? Where is the player now? And just how can you explain the circuitous route that he's taken basically all over the NHL to get right back where he started?
2: it's so odd isn't it it's just like i think he's a really good example of how a player can change their game and can adapt to the league to have a role in it because like he came into the league and came to the rangers as someone who was expected to be like a good scorer and he's really evolved to become like a defensive player for them and you she see, doesn't like VC. <laughs> she's like i'm bored of him i'm over this shit um no, but like he he's been really good defensive defensively for them and like a really good bottom six player and it's nice because he does have that offensive upside that I think most teams should want to have in their bottom six and it just shows like you can have you like I don't think you can just build offensive skill. You can work on it, you can refine it, but you can add defensive structure to a game and the fact that he did that is why he's still in the league today and he's exactly what I think the Rangers hoped Barkley Gudreau would be for them just at a fraction of the cost. So it shows too like don't invest too much in your forward depth. You can work at that at a really cheap
3: price, so then you can invest where you should. Sarah, any thoughts on the VC signing? The It's always interesting to me, these players who come in, they kind of end up with that stigma. The players who come in freshly drafted haven't played an ounce of time and demand a trade or refuse to play for a certain organization. It seems like they carry a little bit of that stigma. Like, What are your thoughts on the player outside of that narrative?
0: Allison, you're sly with your phrasing sometimes. You said, in theory, he'll be with the Rangers. So everybody go back and listen to that part of the podcast because that was very succinct and a good way to sum it up. Like, he has potential. There's really no downside of a contract like this, right? Like, at the best, he outperforms that. At worst, it's just kind of a splash in the pan. I do think he'll be able to afford his delicacy of plain bagels from Dunkin' Donuts. Did everybody see that tweet from the Rangers? It was like, Jimmy Vesey's favorite order is a coffee and a plain bagel I don't know if there's like a activation they have with Dunkin Donuts but I caught the people talking it was a little insane a little Patrick Bateman-y so good luck with that Jimmy maybe that's what (laughs) he he runs on with I don't know congrats on (laughs) unlimited bagels now
3: he really, you really couldn't scream like "I am a single white male" more with, than with that <laughs> order. Like, what are we doing? Oh my goodness he gracious!
0: Is in New York City ordering plain bagels from Dunkin' Donuts, and I get it's just like an ad or whatever uh, thing. That but they still, have, but
3: that's should have said defensive. a
0: bacon, egg, and cheese. Honestly, get a honest, donut. I'd respect no, no.
3: it. Here we go. We've had this debate before, oh. people. Dunkin' Donuts makes the best blueberry yes. donut closely followed by the apple fritter. So not only am I annoyed (laughs) that this man is living in New York and ordering a bagel from Dunkin' Donuts, there are far superior products at a place called Dunkin' Donuts. Can I add,
2: I agree with you, the apple fritter from there is elite. Like, let the record show, blueberry donuts, elite. My favorite from Dunkin', absolutely. And if you really want to be bland, get an old-fashioned with your coffee, because I understand if you're saying... Like, I like the blueberry donut. I don't want it with coffee. I want it separate because my coffee tastes a little more bitter. But like an old-fashioned you can have with coffee. You can dip it. You can have it later. It'll get crunchy. Like, perfection. There's no no notes for it. Like, at least get that. If, even if you want to be plain. You really don't want to have fun with your donuts. You like the classics. By all means. No. A, a bagel? I'm sorry. I'll, I'll drive the extra block to get a fucking bagel. I'll walk. I'll walk with cinder blocks on my feet. I'm not getting
3: a fucking bagel from Dunkin' Donuts. Oh my Sarah God, your thoughts so on the great on the, great on the great bagel donut debate of 2023.
0: This could be a conspiracy theory of mine. I'm I guess I, I'm not into this, but I have been on this podcast about the Britney stuff and everything and Drake. But Jimmy V C. This was before he signed his extension. Maybe he was trying to make everybody feel bad for him. Like, okay, <laughs> all I can afford right now is a plain bagel, no cream cheese, no butter, not even toasted from Dunkin' Donuts. So please
2: fund me do we know it wasn't even toasted because now I have even more issues if that's where that's like getting like you know like the grocery store bagels like it's the end of the day It's oh, a dollar the bag. yeah the, they're in the bag oh, <laughs> yeah they're like bread they're like yeah they're like they're and sponges like,
3: you squeeze them no no yeah no, if no. I'm
2: if I'm that desperate like I'm at the food store it's like eight o'clock and it's like fuck the it you're getting store. rolls. What's a food store? <laughs> I go to the food store. I don't like grocery, grocery store. Shop. It's the food store. The food we you know, we usually call them by name because there's so many different food stores around here. So each one has like a different, none of them are their real names, but the food store. If I'm going food <laughs> shopping and I'm desperate, I don't mind the dollar bag of rolls, but the bagels, you can't eat them plain. You got to like almost burn them to a crisp so they're good. Like you can't not toast it.
0: I know, and honestly, I can't confirm, but there was a visual, and it just had this plain bagel, like comically large. So that's you know, very sad. This himself? is so this
3: is the most depressing thing I've ever heard. All right, well, congrats to you, Jimmy VC. Please learn to eat better food. I mean, my goodness gracious! If it's called donuts, probably their specialty is donuts. Let's start there. Um, Even
2: get a Munchkin.
3: Uh, uh, oh, we do love a Munchkin. We, we do love a munchkin. Munchkins. Love we the variety.
2: Do. The option, I, they're yeah, so and, good. Yeah, and then
3: you can have variety, like just in little bites, and mm-hmm. not feel guilty about eating like eight donuts. Um, in 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 other kind of good but also poignant news, we're still in bit of news. People, who's who knew? Um, but Taj Thompson just continues to go off. Uh, he had who? a f- Taj. <laughs> Tajay Thompson. How am I supposed to say the
2: last Tajay <laughs> Thompson. I'm getting messages Tomson. from people when they corrected me. They're like, Tajay. And I'm like, yes, people. Thank you. Tajay, yes. Okay. Our favorite we know is.
3: Yes. <laughs> uh, goes off uh, Sunday. Excuse me. What day is today? What did we decide? Wednesday? <laughs> Tuesday. Tuesday. Uh, against the Washington Capitals. A four-point night. A hat trick. And an assist. Um. And that's really cool for the player we'll talk about that but i also want to talk about um just the poignancy of this coming um a series of threes his game-winning goal his hat trick goal which was the third goal of the night for him uh came in the wake of the obviously very severe injury to Demar hamlin of the buffalo bills and that has really impacted the buffalo sports community and so for tage to get three goals in three-on-three three overtime uh, with the game winner at minute three. Um, there was some nice emotional connection there for fans who are all really feeling that injury. So let's talk about it, Sarah. First, just the player, but then also, you know, this is why we follow sports, is also for the stories. And this one isn't necessarily a happy story, but it's it's touching and it connects a community that's really feeling some loss right now. So what did you think about that game?
0: Yeah, the list goes on with the um not coincidences. I don't want to say that because I do think it was meaningful and there's magic in sports like that. I think it was his third hat-trick of the season too and a few other threes there. It was the third of January. So we'll get into that after. Tage is making a name for, what is he, the second highest scoring player in the league right now in terms of goals other than McDavid. So he, he, I don't want to say he came out of nowhere, but as much as he could, this is like a huge breakout season and I'm starting to wonder where his ceiling is, right? It's really exciting. It's not even just, even his assist last two nights ago, if you're listening to this podcast now, so we're a little rusty, we're, we're getting back at it, but <laughs> his spinorama pass was so exciting. He's pacing this team. I don't want to say Iko wasn't the superstar that the Sabres needed, but it was really to. To move on he didn't want to be there anymore Tage clearly does somebody else needed to step up and be the guy that they could kind of believe in even when it's an up and down season i now they're going to be competing for a wild card spot in the playoffs i believe so it's a it's a hopeful thing for sabers fans and oh my god people in buffalo have been through so much this year been multiple events on and off sports and oh my god i just send my thoughts and prayers to everybody involved like legitimately and it does i mean i'm keeping up with all the reports and it looks like there's some positive news so everybody just keep praying and thinking of buffalo and it is these moments in sports remind you that uh, this is why we watch, like you said. It kind of brings everybody together and allows us to have these moments of unity with, in solidarity with people that might need us.
3: Shana, et vous
2: ve, Well, Sarah, that was really well said. Everything was like it, you know. It's been a tough road for Buffalo lately, and I do feel like which maybe no one expected. like the Sabres have been the bright spot in like so many different ways like they're exciting they're fun and like I love that Tajay is going last year's breakout that that's me that's who I am that's not the this is the only way I refer to him um this is like this is it like this is who I am and I'm a superstar and like in the year 2022 he had the most goals above expected for his uh wrist and snapshot goals and you know like sometimes he didn't get as close to the net but like the things that we can't track the pre-shot movement the passing that preceded it or the way like his finesse in the play is definitely why he scores so much above expected and then you look at like the snap that he gets in his shot and things like that um i started digging through and watching like all of his goals from the last year for the story to kind of see like what makes it so special and you just see the repeatability of it because of the skill that he has and the versatility in his skill set and i think it was really on display you know the goal his second his first goal against the capitals was a one-timer it was a slap shot from the circle i think at four all of last year and he has seven so far this season you know it's, it's a different weapon that they're unlocking and they're they're seeing different ways to use him and i, I give a lot of credit to don granado too it looks like he's doing such a good job with the sabers to maximize everyone's skill set and you know it's helping other players have good seasons like jeff skinner completely turned his game around under Granado, and he's playing so well on that line. So I'm here for it. I really want to see what they do this year because they could potentially knock out a team like Florida. Like, who would see that coming?
3: I did, obviously. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, then we'll, we'll leave my mojo out of it. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but uh, yeah, go Tajay. Um, we do uh, wish well for Buffalo. Um, But I I think that was a pretty cool moment. And people probably all saw on social media, too, how all the Sabres players wore three T-shirts, giving that shout out to their fellow Buffalo sportsmen. So um, go Tajay, go Buffalo. Go buff a slug, we're all here for it. Um, we start now to take more and more negative turns on our bit o oh, news. Um, we're gonna get, as, Sha- as Sarah said, more into the winter classic in a second. She was there covering them as she always does with A plus top-notch work. Um, but coming out of that, Jake Debrusque, and this was just reported by Frank Saravelli, uh, Jake Debrusque was seen leaving Fenway in a walking boot after that game when he had uh two goals. Uh, the only two goals of that game Um, but according to Frank Saravelli, no shock given that he didn't accompany the Bruins out west but I'm told Jake DeBrusque has a fractured fibula that will keep him out tough blow for DeBrusque playing the best hockey of his career oh
0: this is like breaking news on the pod right
3: now breaking news on the pod we're getting instant reactions so while Sarah gathers what she wants to share with us you know it's it is a hard road because, you know, this is a player who just last year was requesting a trade. Uh, it was believed that this was part of the necessity to change the voice of the head coach. Um, and now he was committed to Buffalo, to Buffalo, my goodness, to Boston, um, was staying there, was performing so well, has such a great performance in open air hockey uh, this weekend. And now he's out with a broken fibula, which is, a, depending on the, the break, can be a hard bone to heal, Sarah, what has DeBrusque meant? The Bruins have already shown they can deal with what others thought, including ourselves, might be some really hard injuries to overcome, but this is another big one for them. What are your immediate thoughts on how this impacts the Boston Bruins?
0: I always tell people when they say, oh, you have to be a fan of a team. Like, they don't believe that I can be around teams and not be fans, right? Or that, like, I didn't lose my fandom, and they thought I was a Canes fan, a Bruins fan, whatever fan. That's not the case. I always tell them I'm fans of players that I meet that turn out to be good people or are inspiring in some way. And then I can't help myself but root for them. Jake DeBrusque is maybe number one on that list. I've, we've been through a lot in our careers together. It's funny because the last time he scored two goals in, the, in an iconic event, I was there. It was the, um, one of the games versus Toronto. And it was kind of his coming. How does it affect the leaves? Yeah, yeah. Beautiful, How does it affect Sarah. the leaves? He just oh, leaves. He shows up tearing up oh, the leaves and so the leaves. So smooth. Yeah, he just he puts such a forecheck and in effort into every shift, and just has this rare ability to put so much effort in, but to have so much skill. And you saw this on the play in which I'm assuming he fractured his leg, which was right before his second goal. He. Went down because of friendly fire with Matt Grizzlick and got right back up and put the puck in the net as he does. He's always in front in that area and made a count and won the game single handedly for the Bruins. He's the only one to score for the Bruins. And he has been doing so well under Montgomery. He rescinded his trade offer or trade request after he knew there'd be a fresh face behind. The bench and I asked Montgomery after the game, kind of, what have you learned about DeBrusque since you started coaching him? And he just said, he I actually forget what he said. Give me a second, I can look up, (laughs) look it up on my own Twitter. (laughs) But it was like Montgomery hasn't been the most vocal of coaches, and you could tell DeBrusque and his relationship means a lot to him because it was kind of one of the projects, right? And it was the question everybody was asking headed into the season: like, is he going to have? this comeback season and he has he was on pace for more than 30 goals which would have been a career high oh it stinks so much that he's now I don't know what his status is but can't be great after a fractured leg did Saravelli give any update on that or
3: just breaking well Sarah looks for that and just your thoughts on how Boston gets by without DeBrusque another again another big injury for them yeah it's a good question like
2: he finally was carving out a legitimate spot for himself there in the top six not just he's visiting on this line and they're trying to make it work um you know the fact that Zaka works on this on the second line with Poshnok and David Krejci I think gives them a little bit more lineup bound so they can like play around and try to figure out like what's best for them but it's not like they have this inspiring prospect pool or the deepest of rosters like they're just you know like it feels like a lot of the players are slotted up appropriately so i wonder if maybe someone like taylor hall could get more minutes out of this maybe like that's the option if he can either shift to the right or someone else can shift to the right and he can play the left like that's one option for them but you know that's going to take away from the third line scoring depth that works for them so it's gonna be interesting but like i think montgomery's done a good job getting players to play to their strengths so like you know, DeBrusque like Charlie Coyle. So maybe he can figure out the right combination and figure out a way to make the line click in a new, different way instead of trying to just like repeat the success they had with Debresque there. Yeah.
0: He said he's a lot tougher than people think and he's more committed than people are aware. Because of those things, his game is growing. He's matured and you can see it. So it sucks that there's a setback, but great to see him doing well and having that one hero moment before a little break here. Hopefully he can return for the playoffs. That really stinks, but... The Bruins have been so absolutely dominant this year that I have a hard time believing it's going to severely impact them, even though it's going to be a struggle, because he was that secondary scoring.
3: Well, another player, last bit of news here we wanted to talk on, another player who is uh, not going to be seeing NHL ice um, is Jacob Vrana. He was put on waivers yesterday by Detroit. He cleared, um, this is a player who has been around. Um, he had recently come out of the substance abuse program through the NHLPA, um, had been on a conditioning stint, if I'm, if I'm not incorrect, and that did not necessarily leave him satisfied uh, coming off of that. And so there was a lot of reaction when this player went on waivers yesterday, but a little over $5 million a year cap hit on a, on a contract with some years remaining, Uh, with the cap-strapped world in which we live in right now, maybe made him not as appealing um, for a variety of reasons. But, you know, on a personal level, and I've never covered Verona, but it sucks to see a player go through whatever he's going through, and it's not our right nor job to know the circumstances right now. But uh, you just kind of hope for the best. Um, Obviously, a player that is looking to rediscover a success on the ice while he hopefully maintains it off. Uh, Shayna, thoughts on Verona. Were you surprised at the waiver move, and more so, were you surprised that he was not claimed?
2: Um, I'm a little surprised at the waiver move, but I have to think, and maybe I'm wrong, that this was something the player and management were on the same page with. I can't see it being anything else. Uh, Am I surprised the team didn't pick him up? No because teams don't want to take risks when this is a player in my opinion when you look at the skill set that he does have and when he's at his best he's a very good he could be a top six forward a top six winger and on a deeper team maybe he's closer to middle six like i'm not surprised the team didn't go for it because there's obviously risks associated with it but it would be nice to see if teams went for players and said you know what even if it's like a reclamation project to them versus you know this is someone who from what we know in the public sphere and maybe i know nothing you know seems worthy of getting that chance versus some of the players that do get the chances so hopefully this is a good chance for him to just like center himself center his game and you know it'll it'll all be worthwhile and it's something that this wasn't a shock to the player or anything like that
0: yeah roving correspondent rangoon has some takes i think Shayna nailed it where it's not it's best not to speculate about things like this i've seen As much as we should be criticizing the league for certain things, and I will never take issue with certain criticisms, I do think you have to be careful with what you say. I've seen a few people already say on Twitter and stuff, like, wow, how could they do this to him? I'm like, how do you know what they're doing to him? I am sure there's been a conversation between him, maybe his people in whatever program he's in and the league and the team that are all going over what is the best course of action. It's all about him as a person, first and foremost. And it does seem like a conditioning stint is a good idea. in the situation, it's not... I think it would be hasty to expect him to just go... Immediately, Again, I don't know anything about the situation, none of my business, none of really anybody else's business either. And maybe it was kind of just a understood thing to around the league that nobody's going to take him. He's going to focus on himself and getting back on track. And I'm
3: glad to see him back. Well, that's our bit of news. Um, lots going on as the league gets back fully underway here in what become long stretches of months that often determine a lot of teams, coaches, and players' short- and long-term futures.
0: Wait, are you gaming on a Chromebook?
1: (laughs) Yep, it's got a high-res 120Hz display, plus this killer RGB keyboard, and I can access thousands of games anytime, anywhere.
0: Stop playing.
1: What? Get out of here. Huh?
0: Yeah, I want you to stop playing and get out of here so I can game on that Chromebook.
1: Got it. Discover the ultimate cloud gaming machine, a new kind of Chromebook. This episode is brought to you by Chevrolet. Now's your chance to support a team with real grit. The Chevy ZR2 family of off-road trucks. The first ever Silverado HD ZR2 joins the all-new Colorado ZR2 and the Silverado ZR2 for a commanding lineup of off-road ready trucks. Equipped to take on anything this season throws their way. Visit chevy.com to learn more. Football's back, and Whole Foods Market is everything you need for a delicious tailgater watch party. Level up your game day hosting with marinated chicken wings, chicken sausages, hot dogs, and more. Headed to a friend's house? On the way, grab crowd-pleasing snacks from Whole Foods Market, like late-July tortilla chips and Primal Kitchen queso dip. And don't forget the beer. Very important. Just check out that local selection. Elevate game day with Whole Foods Market. Must be 21 plus, please drink responsibly.
3: And with that in mind, friends, there is some stuff going on, so much so that we had to create a whole brand new segment for them because this is the saga that will not end. And so we are calling this segment, We're Glad We're Not You. And this episode's entrance, my goodness, friends, It's the Vancouver Canucks. I mean, we have talked about this team time and time again. You don't know what they are. Boost Brudrow is getting fired. Then he's not getting fired. Then they're winning. Then they're never gonna win again. No one seems to know what to make of them. There's players who want out. There's players who are troublemakers. Last night, and again, that would have been Tuesday. We're recording here on Wednesday. The Canucks fall. To the New York Islanders. It is their third loss in a row, and it is their fourth loss in their last 10 games. What spurs us to create this category for them is a couple things. First, JT Miller, we're sure you've all heard about him. His quote coming out saying, I'd like to say my lack of production is a compliment to me not cheating the game and playing the right way. I'm personally going to use that whenever I have a bad day at work going forward. And then also after the game last night, Boos Boudreau came out and said, I can't go out and make them want to block shots. And if you look at the totals from the game, um, I'm quoting Taj1944 on Twitter, uh, the screenshot showing that in terms of giveaways, Vancouver had 13, the Islanders had three. And in terms of block shots, the Islanders had 18, the Canucks had three. Um, I personally am not usually a person that uses block shots as a meaningful metric, but my goodness, friends, this is a coach separating himself from the team, um, publicly with his words and also calling them out. You've got other players saying it's fine not to score because it's actually a good thing. We're living in the upside down. Shayna, why are we glad we are not the Vancouver Canucks? All of the reasons.
2: They have been this year's most dramatic team and they were very dramatic last year, but it feels like they're they're winning this title title by like a mile um you know it's it's interesting to make that comment too about a game against the islanders because the islanders their bread and butter is blocking shots that's what works for them and they're not the most offensive team they're not going to create a shit ton of shots they're going to go for quality over quantity that's always been their strategy even though they're a better offensive team this year so that's the game you choose to call them out for like that's a choice it's it's a very clear choice to me like I get it, you know, coaches use block shots as like a as a metric for hard work in a way, even though there's so many plays you can make to stop the shot from happening. The Canucks obviously aren't doing that, but like the onus is on the Canucks bench, too. Like not for nothing, last year they had a very good defensive coach. They opted just not to use in Brad Shaw at what he's best at. So you you blew that opportunity when you could have had someone teaching the right, to, you know, fundamental defense that this team should be having. And the JT Miller shit never gets old to me. It's too funny because like they signed him to this contract and every quote since just, it makes me laugh because it's like, this is all things they knew about him, but they chose to ignore because he had a good year that was inflated by power play scoring. And I'm not trying to knock him as a player. He's a good top six forward. But come the fuck on, he's never going to take accountability for his game. Don't fucking expect it. It's the same thing, you know, he he had all those comments about his game and how he was on the ice for all those goals against. But like, his actions spoke differently than his words. Of course, he's going to defend himself. But when push came to shove against the wild that game, he blocked that shot to ensure his team didn't lose once again. So none of this is surprising. It's just ridiculous and chaotic and everybody's just letting it happen. Like you could change, you, you could stop this. Wasn't J T Miller the the one who slammed the stick on the goal, on the post? Oh my God! When it was yeah, to to tell his goalie to leave the net. That have I don't care how urgent the situation is. Have an, a damn ounce of respect for all players. You're fucking goaltender unless you want to get in the net and you want to play his position you respect your goalie they know he knows what he's doing and you're not the fucking coach i know players are like let's be leaders shut up dude like i if i was a goalie i would come fucking swinging my stick this is why i can't play professional sports yeah this he is, is the reason not a leader this is, is why
0: constantly is- trying to clear his name in the media but there were a few nhl former nhl goalies that commented on what he did too so it's not like we're just making fun of this guy it's like like, what is he doing? Hundred percent,
3: hundred percent. Sarah, why are you glad you're not the Vancouver I products?
0: There's only so much Bruce Boudreau can take, in my opinion. I thought it was great that he started pushing shit out there too. I mean, he's been people have been taking shots at him in the media. Like you, you saw uh, GMJR and a few other players just kind of hinting at things. And there's only so much he can do. So what do you expect him to say? And then you've got JT over here, just kind of like saying the absolute worst things he could possibly say. And it's almost comical. I respect his commitment to the bit, but it's kind of like, Bruce Boudreau is Taylor Swift. But and... is it a
2: bit? <laughs> <But is> it... <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Don't cut her off. Her <laughs> oh, sorry,
0: sorry.
3: Why is Bruce Boudreau Taylor Swift? Please cut. Oh, Think about
0: don't. it like this. Bruce Boudreau is Taylor Swift and JT Miller is Kanye West. And Bruce Boudreau would okay, much okay. like to be excluded from this narrative. One that he never asked to be a part of. I guess he knew what he was signing into, but not with the, the extension. So now he's like, not only does he have to coach this guy... Shayna you just
2: Kanye'd Sarah yeah, I know so but I got him. excited <laughs> when, when I heard oh he's like Taylor Swift I'm Taylor like Swift, for fuck's sake I'm not yeah, going to know a course. damn thing they're talking about and I just got so excited like wait you got, I understand this you gotta I understand the Taylor pop
0: Swift col- culture moment. if you don't
2: I don't know what to tell you but I oh. think oh. I thought there was going to be a moonlight moonlight moonlights is it plural <laughs> <laughs> for fuck's sake a <laughs> um, midnight but it, it's plural
3: no well, no. Yeah, okay. glad we're not you because we just broke Shayna on Taylor <laughs> Swift. Thanks to you, Vancouver. Thanks to you. All right, let's get to some hockey talk, my friends. We've we've had, we've had a journey. This is why we can't go too long without an episode. Uh, the big news, um, maybe not the most ultimate meaningful game but definitely um, a landmark event and one that seemed to go off really really well and seemed to be a lot of fun and that was the winter classic that occurred between Boston and Pittsburgh. We already mentioned Boston coming away with the win there. Um, I'll put in the shameless plug that it was also announced that next year uh, the winter classic will be in Seattle so everyone come visit me on January 1st 2024. Sarah you were there you were giving us the coverage we need just kind of Give us your thoughts on the event, you know, what it was, what it means to hockey, and 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 just overall, the whole vibe. Yeah,
0: honestly, I was at Fenway kind of poking around all week and watching all the ins and outs of the event come to fruition, and I was so impressed. I mean, there's so many little things that have to go right. They, they nailed the little things, and they nailed the big things. It was like all these superstars. They had Bobby Orr. They had Jason Veritek. There were so many, like, sports legends from Boston that were there they, I thought the TNT broadcast, I watched it after was amazing. And I, lo- I loved meeting so many of my kind of colleagues too. They were so, everybody was so nice. It reminded me that the hockey world is actually a good place sometimes, but uh, the event itself was amazing. It was like 50 degrees. So that was cool. There were 39,000 people at Fenway. It was like so many little touches like Sweet Caroline. There was an organ, um, kind of random, but Boston's the only rap group that has and will ever come out of Boston, Massachusetts. And the Boston Pops, it was just great. Like every little detail and the nostalgic vibes. I loved how much the players were into it. Like, I wish I was at a different outdoor event, maybe in terms of the clothing when they did the 90s stuff at Lake Tahoe. That was cool. And the Notre Dame Peaky Blinders. I mean, it fit the event though with the 1935, um, Red Sox team
3: homage. I have to tell you, so we were talking about this yesterday while we were on broadcast, not on air, but while we were watching the game and getting our coverage. I was the only person who was part of our broadcast, both behind the scenes and in front of the camera, who knew who Bellevive DeVoe was. It broke my spirit.
0: It makes me feel old. I got a few, I tweeted, like, Belbiv DeVoe can do the... Um, Star-Spangled Banner, but Francis Scott Key yes. could never do Poison. And everyone was like, what are you talking, what language? I'm like, I you guys need to grow up and listen to Poison by Belle-Biv DeVoe.
3: Shayna, please tell us you know who Belle-Biv DeVoe is. Oh, my
0: God. Sarah. That girl is Poison. Oh. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
3: That's what it is. Okay. Belle-Biv Now you know. <laughs> Yo slick Bro. blow. Oh, okay. All right. Yes. Good job, Shayna. We're good. Okay. We're good. Okay. Okay. Good job. That's, that's plenty then from you.
0: <laughs> a 10 out of 10 event. I was impressed with the NHL, like pulling it off with no hitches. And I was a little concerned at Fenway Park, right? It's such a historic and old building, but it, they made it a really great event and special for everybody that was there.
3: Outstanding. Well, the Winter Classic occurred. It will occur again. Please come see me. Shana, Sarah's already been out here. You have to come. That's your laying the gauntlet again. Um, But there's a team that we talked about. We referenced a little bit earlier that I think we need to dig into here. Um, I'm seeing plenty of the takes and that's T-A-E-K-S on the Twitter. (laughs) Um, But that is the Florida Panthers um we talked about buffalo and their success and there is a team that is not succeeding and that is the panthers they have won one but are four six and zero in their last 10 they currently sit at seventh in their division and they are out of even the wild card race what is wrong with the florida panthers Shayna? Well, big thing is they're not finishing their
2: chances. This is a problem on the power play. It's a problem at even strength. So that right there is an issue. The other issue is the roster construction. I think Ekblad misses Uyghur more than like any of us know. Uh, his game is hurting a lot and obviously having Forsling is like a good partner to have and a good person to have on like your top pair but that should be your second pair defenseman if you want to be a contender and they just don't have that strength throughout the lineup and the goaltending is not perfect either so it's just a ton of flaws and I just I honestly think that there's like some misusage like I think Carter Hagee should be playing more and getting power play time and I think that They have a strength. It's this fast rush game. I understand they lost in the playoffs, but it's not because they didn't play that because of that game it's because they didn't play that game and i feel like they should be working to lean into that and perfect that and build a roster and defensemen that can keep up with that and let that be like their calling card and then you add more dimension to it instead of getting away from it because i feel like that's what they've done a little too much this year and that's what's hurting them when at their core they should just be leaning into it at this point like that's where you had your success in the regular season last year Figure out where it went wrong and how you can be better at it and more consistent with it instead of changing it. I just don't love a lot of the coaching decisions, but I'm not really surprised because I didn't have faith in Paul Maurice in the first place. And yes, I'm biased going, yeah, I'm right in my, you know, I'm right in my prediction. But like, hello, results right there.
3: Sarah, do you have thoughts on why the Panthers currently sit eight points out of a wild card spot with a minus five goal differential on the season?
0: There are a few injuries. I'll give them that. I mean, Hornkvist, I don't think anybody expected him to be, like, the number one player. I know Duclair is out, and he's actually a pretty good player. Ekblad, is he back? Yes. I guess he was out for a while. He, didn't he get a hat trick on his... Good for him. Um, here we still are. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of people out. I'll give them that. I also think they just can't score. That's been a problem. They aren't... I think it's a little concerning that their defense hasn't been that bad. And then it's like the lack of scoring because now that's just not. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Allison, help me out.
3: Yeah, I mean, I don't. It's funny. They. Uh, I've watched them in person twice: once in Seattle and once in Florida. And it's kind of like I. I would, if I have the time. Shana, here. Here's your story idea. Add to the list. I, it's. I feel like they need to be watched more because I feel like this is a situation where the numbers aren't actually pointing us to the problems. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they don't look like they. They, particularly at home, I wasn't impressed and I particularly also didn't like, I feel like when you're a a winning team, those really bad mistakes, those really bad hits or those um, undisciplined penalties, those rarely happen, right? Because even if you have a bad game, you still know who you are and you still have the confidence in who you are. And they had a couple of those in the game against uh, Seattle, notably if we all remember the big hit on Justin Schultz, um, which I thought should have been suspendable, but that's just me. Um, So yeah, I feel like there's something systemic going on. I like Shana's conversation about deployment, but it's... The team isn't clicking right now, and I think the the problem they're having is again. You know, it's my experience that always January, and February, January and February is the hardest hockey, no matter where you are, because you're just stuck in the doldrums of winter. And they're already hurting, and I don't I don't know that they can get back into it. And they've already lost their first round pick for this coming year too. So for for, you know, that's the killer. They invested the ultimate, so the much ultimate in this year. defender, Ben Sherratt, which is you know exactly what you needed last year, but here we are. Let so. me say
0: it was Barkov who returned and got a hat-trick, the fastest hat-trick in Panthers history. I don't know why that—it's like obviously a, a, one of the best players of our generation. I don't know why I forgot that. Respect to Barkov. But anyway, you're absolutely right where it's just kind of not one—that's why I'm kind of sitting here like, what is wrong with the Panthers I'm kind of questioning it I don't know there's a, there's a bunch of little things that are just making it not click and they're kind of digging themselves into this hole that as the days go on it's harder and harder to climb out of and oh I did not love the Palmer's hire and I know there's more than that but in, in these situations where it seems like there's several things just not correctly firing off you do have to look to the coach
2: yeah. yeah, and it's yeah. over a longer—this isn't, oh, it's a five-game losing streak or anything like that. Like, this is from day one where, like, hmm, Florida Panthers, like, all right, they look a little different. And then you go, like, hmm, a little disappointing there. And now you're to the point, like, it's concerning. The rest of the, the, rest of the league is moving on without them. And it was the Metro teams because if, say, the Devils or the Islanders made it, you already knew two teams are falling out from last year's mix— Now you have Atlantic teams pushing for it. You have Buffalo ahead of schedule. You have Detroit. Whether or not they'll stick there, who's to say? You have Ottawa, who is legitimately, we've been talking about, look how much they're struggling. Look how far behind they are right now. They're ahead in points. And the fact that the Panthers have 39 games played at the time of this recording, while Buffalo's at 36 and Detroit's at 35, like, that's a legitimate problem. So they're going to have to most likely, I, I can't even say push into the Atlantic division to make it because they're not just fighting Metro teams now they're fighting their own division teams that they should be far ahead of not to belabor the point too much but I just also think it's
0: interesting that Maurice left the Jets because he felt that they needed a change of voice they got that change of voice and it's been really successful so I think it's a really bad call it's not his fault he got a job and took it but I think it's a bad call and a red flag for a GM if you're looking at this situation and saying, oh, this guy like wasn't the voice this really good team needed and he's acknowledging that, let me go hire him. Like I just thought that was not really a great move, even from the outside and Lord knows there's probably more information on the inside.
3: Well, and I, to that, I think I would say, and I am not there, this is just me going back to my consulting days is that, you know as we were just talking about, I, I wonder about what work can be done to improve the culture of the room and the organization because you do have a change in leadership. And we've we've talked ad nauseum about that. The last coach wasn't necessarily ready to lead a team to the Stanley Cup, but then was gotten rid of in what I would suggest was an unceremonious fashion. Um, So the room has gone through change. This is a room that while there has been some change, had to fight to keep Keith Yandel in the lineup when he was potentially going to be pulled out and have his Ironman streak broken. And there's just some, does this group feel connected in the way that they need to, to stick through the hard times and to stick with the program and to deal with change? Whether it's the, there's one thing, right? Like, is the change the right change or the wrong change? And then there's, do you present the change in a way that's palatable and acceptable and able to be worked from? And I feel like both of those elements are maybe not where they need to be right now. And I'm not pointing fingers because that's really hard to do, so I, and I, I'm not there, so I don't know how it's all gone down, like Sarah said. But it just feels like this is, again, why I say what Colorado did last year is so impressive. It wasn't like there was some like, we went big on defense or this or that or the other. They just built something the right way, and that's really freaking hard to do.
2: You can argue, too, Tampa did. Like, their core was their core. 100%. They made moves, and they were, yes, they they added bigger pieces along the way but it was like ryan mcdonough to be a part of the team for a while to trade all this for that you know like they weren't just saying we're only going splashy at the deadline and when they did it it was the coleman's the Goudreaux, the hagel's you build your core you complement elsewhere that's how you're supposed to do it and florida did feel like they kind of went opposite that at the deadline last year and they're paying for it um two things though that stuck out to me from what you said like we're talking about the coach who wasn't fit to to be the head coach brunette even if you think that's true, and I absolutely do. I've made that clear a hundred times. He was very good with their power play. He was good with the forward group. They brought someone in to handle that, and now they're having problems. So did they make the right hire from an assistant perspective? Like we never highlight the importance of assistant coaches enough. It's not just on the head coach, but it does feel like there's a disconnect from both. Second of all, why haven't they tried going to a strip club? That's what I want to know. That's what they needed in Reverse the playoffs the last curse. year. Maybe there they it went, is. it didn't there work it for us in the playoffs. So what are we going to do this year? <laughs> that's different. It's not a strip club. That's not the answer. Maybe they should go to like, Church. I don't know, like fun zone. They go <laughs> should go Shayna, go-karting and Shayna, like bumper cars. This is, This is the analysis we need. Thank you. You're welcome. Never forget. (laughs) <laughs> the coach didn't even know that they went and they, he denied it. See, this was the problem. This was the disconnect. If he just went, yes, they went to blow off some steam together. It was a team activity. Everything worked. It's fine. They would have won the goddamn game. They didn't because the coach was like, no, they didn't do that because there's a disconnect. He didn't know he wasn't invited. They need a coach who's going to go to the strip club with them or a coach who's going to come up with better ideas than a strip club because
3: it's apparently and going to get them eliminated. You're welcome for the analysis. I have nowhere to go to, from that except... To how we end every episode. <laughs> and that is our favorite game <laughs> Fuck, Mary, Kill. Are we ready to play? Yes, Sarah sounds excited. So, Sarah, you get to go first. Are you ready? Here we go. Uh, in the spirit of the season, a topic that we've successfully been able to avoid, I'm sure we'll break it down in our next episode. Uh, the World Championships, the World Juniors are going on, excuse me, um, for the men because they don't have them for women. Uh, but let's take a look at some of the youth-based, excuse me, international-based tournaments that we know we do have at different age levels. Sarah, fuck, Mary, kill the World Championship, the World Juniors, the U18s.
0: Go I'm killing the U18s because I just don't care. I am <laughs> fucking the World Championship because I still don't care, but it could be fun in theory. And I am marrying the World Juniors because it is fun sometimes. They shouldn't have canceled the women's, though. That is, that is messed up. But I, it's a fun little thing around the holidays, something to do, an excuse to go out and drink. So we'll give it that. And then you get to see all horrible
2: takes from Canadians.
3: That's right. Always,
2: always fun. <laughs> it's always the Canadians.
3: Shayna, your turn.
2: Okay, so I'm going to agree. My reasoning's slightly different. U18s I will kill because I can't stand the takes about, like, 16, 17-year-olds. Like, everyone shut up. These are kids. They're learning. Also, to see the disparity in how the men's U18s is from the women's drives me up a wall. Like, we say they don't have World Juniors, but honestly, it's a tournament they don't have to fuck up right now. That's how I view it. I wouldn't trust them to run it properly based on what they do for U18s. Like, we saw them with the doorbell cam for years. That's finally changing. So... I have to kill it. I will fuck the World Championship because at least it is some international hockey for NHL players which we all want to see and never get to. It's fun to see it when that's how we saw David Krejci and David Pastrnak reunite because they were at the World Championship. Like it's fun to see. Um doesn't really matter, but it's fun. So, sure, I'll fuck that. I will marry World Juniors. It has its flaws, like the fact that the women don't have a matching tournament. Um But it's fun. It's a good way to learn about NHL players before they reach this level. It's like a good primer for them, especially the college level players that you learn about them. You get to understand a bit about their game and maybe they join the team in the spring. So I do think that's exciting. Uh, But the takes are terrible still because it's like, we're going to judge everything we need to know about a player based on what they do in seven games. And I mean, it's a tournament that you should just have a good time and let
3: them enjoy the experience. Perfect. I will kill the world championship because i want the olympics to come back i will fuck the world juniors because everyone does get so completely overblown it's fun it's totally fun but the takes that come in about like obviously conor bedard would not because he is truly exceptional but like everyone decides based off four games or whatever that so-and-so is going to be the next great hope for your team or for the league or for whatever and i just like We need some prospective people. And also these are kids and the pressure that I feel like we're putting on these players sometimes is just irrational. So uh, that's me. And then therefore I will marry the U18s. And the reason I'm marrying the U18s is because the Seattle Kraken's own Caitlin Parker is a scout for the women's U18s this year for Team USA. So I'll get the women in there even if Team USA and the international bodies don't want to. How about that? New commissioner. Yeah. Vote, vote, Allison. Let's go. <laughs> but I ran for uh, office in high school, and my thing was uh, my last name used to be Sestina, and my thing was yes with Sess. That was oh my god, check. oh my god, I'm
2: bringing that back.
3: Listen, listen.
2: I would look. I'd vote for you for commissioner. Now it's you can with can. How about that? <laughs> oh my god. Of course you have anyone. Look, I will vote for you for commissioner any day of the week. Uh, not just because I would expect you to give me a job. Because if you don't give me a job, I mean. Think well, of the scrunchies stupid. I can make. Think of the scrunchies of the league. Well, what
0: was but it? Like, um, Allison was going to be commissioner. Shayna was going to be that a head right. coach. I was going to be an agent. I took a personality that's test right. over the vacation, and I got airy gold. So
3: oh, that's perfect. Is. That, nice that is perfect. Perfect. All right, friends, we we'll leave you with that perfection. There is nothing more we can share with you other than we are back. 2023 promises to be a really exciting year. We've got some really cool stuff coming. We'll share a little bit more about that next week. Uh, we'll be back to two episodes a week. As always, you can follow us on social at two underscore much underscore man. Only fans coming soon <laughs> to you as well. Uh, you can always buy our merch. We have switch cases now. Um, you can get anything that suits your little heart from drinkware to clothing to switch cases cups, mugs, all the good things. Check that out on our website, twomanymenpod.com, or the link is in our Twitter bio. Let us know what you want to talk about. Let us know what guests you want to hear. Send us your Fuck, Mary Kill recommendations. And until we talk again, please go out and do something, anything to make sure hockey truly is for everyone and be good to one another. We love you. Bye.